Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and my ravenous IBS. I'm Alicia Herner. And I'm Tara Keck. <laughs> it's ravenous, like it? darling. <laughs> she hungers. On today's episode, the mysteries of the Bermuda Triangle, witches in the news, and a spell to get some cash and fast. I want my money. (laughs) I need money. Wait, what is it? It's it goes. It's my money, and I need it now. Yeah, that's my money. I need it now. She got bills. She's got bills. She necessitos. I mean, she doesn't necessito. She necessitos. Groceries are so expensive still. Like I don't really understand. It's obscene. I was talking to Marcel the other day. I was like, when I was in undergrad, I could have 20 bucks and pay for my whole week of food yes well I was stealing but yes that is so true I was stealing and there were like one dollar fettuccine alfredos at the Walmart but Mm -hmm. it was all very Mm -hmm. possible but I also think that's because we lived in the Midwest I think often about how like their minimum wage is like 725 and that like they can't possibly price the lean cuisines higher than that yeah you know it is absurd that like one hour of work you can buy like one Starbucks yeah like, why? There are bars in New York City where if you worked for one hour on minimum wage, you can't afford anything. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It is crazy. The world's a fucked up place, dude. You know what's not fucked up? Nothing. Because this episode is, fucked. is the most fucking fucked up shit I've ever done in my life. This is the third time Alicia and I have recorded this episode. It's crazy. What is happening Yeah, check right that now? you're recording. Because I was not recording. I see. I've got bars. I got bars too. I've got bros in different area codes that are piping in, listening. If something goes wrong with this episode again, we got to just call it. Like, we were not meant to talk about the Bermuda Triangle. Like, it doesn't want the information out there. We can't mm-hmm. spread this information. Yeah, I think it's it's got to go all the way to the top. Because there's just no way that, like, two able-bodied, like, intelligent, educated women of our social standing and our background could possibly (laughs) make such an error. I know. Again and again and again. Yeah. Alicia, can I ask you a private question? Yeah, absolutely. On the public podcast. On the, yeah. If I could like, just like take a moment to like bring your beautiful naked baby body to the public tab of Venmo and ask you publicly, Mm -hmm. what do you need? To make it feel like summer. Like, what is? what are the things that make it summertime for you? The pool, baby. I need some water. And we have a pool at our new apartment under construction. Can you fucking believe this? Literally, like, what? the day we move in, the pool is under construction. Wait, for how long? I don't know. I don't know. What do they even have to construct? It's already there. I know. They're, like, fixing the flooring around it or some shit. It is crazy but what else i need spf to make it feel like summer i'm not good at wearing mm-hmm. it but i need it i like the smell i really I love I a banana th- boat Mm-mm. i don't like the smell really no i love the smell nothing fills me with dopamine like the smell of like coconut banana boat spf i don't like how like sticky it is i don't like putting it on me mm-hmm. it's really challenging with like all this you know german blood in me like i know i need it <laughs> Yeah, and I just don't want to wear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The German blood like smacks it away. Nyet, nyet. Exactly. Nine. It's like, you're better than that. And I'm like, I don't think I am. It's sunny outside. It's bright. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the ocean, which now I'm much closer to. But I haven't had a yeah. beach day yet. It only recently, like this week, started getting warm enough to go to the ocean. Yeah, you've been living in that, that gloom. That gloom, that June gloom. That May gray. What's July? July fly? Like, July fly. I July mean, sty because you're like, you know, you've rubbed poo-poo in your eye. Too much sunscreen in my eye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, blue sky is everywhere right now. So it's only a matter of time until it's beach day, baby. Coming in hot. So since it's summer, baby mm-hmm. witches, 
we're going to the beach. Ooh. And by the beach, I mean the ocean. Yes. Spooky, scary, terrifying ocean. Yes. Ready to take you. There, there's been a whole thing in New York City how there's a lot of sharks around lately. Really? I haven't heard about that. Oh, my gosh. People have been, are being taken <gasps> in the middle of the night by sharks. Wait. <laughs> they break into your home. They fucking have a crowbar. Oh, my God. Have people actually oh been, like, bitten by sharks in New York? Or yes. are they just around? Attacked. Attacked. <gasps> Literally, my and worst fear. Could... Nothing good has happened in New York since I left, honestly. No. The can orange I, sky. Can I, privately, you can... can I privately speak to you on something? Privately, like, we have to cut it out or privately, publicly? Publicly, privately. Got it. I want to talk about my privates. No, I want to talk about the violence in New York City since Elise. She was, like... <laughs> She was like the meme of the soldier holding back the bullets from a child sleeping in, in its bed. Like, <laughs> I walked out of my apartment two days ago. Walked out. It was raining. Downpour. Rude. And so Dolly, I'm trying to take Dolly on a walk. She will not go. So we're just standing on my porch, like waiting for the rain to stop because the Google alert says it's going to stop in 10 minutes. I watch a man walking down my tree-lined street with a knife popping tires. Oh my God, that's a serious knife. That's not like a butter knife. No, this was literally, he was just as if nothing was happening. Did he was you just call walking by. the police on him? No, because I was You're afraid. You're not a narc. <laughs> I was afraid that, you know, maybe he's a member of my community, he's going through a hard time. But I was also, there was a whole part of me that was like, I have to get him down the street far enough before I do anything because I'm a woman alone with her tiny dog. And this is a man knifing shit at 3.30 in the afternoon. Crazy. Insane. So yes, it is true that since Alicia left, nothing good has happened. But Alicia has never gone to (laughs) or left Bermuda. So no, it's a wild west out there. It's a wild east. So a baby witch's surprise. We're talking about the Bermuda Triangle. Ooh, terrifying. It's one of the scariest things. Yes, I think I think about it often. It's a summer of scares right now. So the Bermuda Triangle is a section of open sea in the Atlantic Ocean where folks have been going missing since at least 1880. If you type it into Google Maps on your phone, it will drop you into the ocean 200 miles off the coast of Turks and Caicos. But the triangle is generally understood to go from the island of Bermuda west to Miami, Florida, where Marcelito is from, and then south to San Juan, Puerto Rico. So one of our uh, one of our Patreon questions was, I just don't get the triangle thing. You know, it goes, you know, it goes around in a little triangle, goes back up to Bermuda. So this entire area is five hundred thousand square miles. That's insane. Of, of just opportunities for people to disappear. I also had no idea, it's like Miami, Florida, was one of the points. Because you just hop into the Atlantic Ocean and you're like in the triangle. Yes, you are. 100%. I hate that. I hate that. I don't like that. If you disappeared off the coast of Miami, people would be like, well, what was she expecting? She was in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> what was she doing out there? It happens all the time. What was she wearing? Oh, something slutty, I'm sure. 100%. So the boundaries of the triangle are so fuzzy, though. Some writers will extend the triangle all the way up to the Irish coast, which is silly. And it's probably way more than 500 square mi- 500,000 square miles. At that point, it's like the whole ocean. The whole ocean is deadly yeah. and it's coming for you. But it's like, it is. And we know that. Yes. It is. If you extend it up that high, peace. I think that covers where the Titanic sank and where the Titan imploded. Yikes. <laughs> Rip. Too soon. No, not soon enough. <laughs> Weeks later, honestly. It's an old joke now. Baby witches. We recorded this like the day after. <laughs> the first time we recorded this the day after the Titan was discovered. And now we do it later. So the triangle hovers on the edge of the continental shelf in the Puerto Rico Trench, two areas of super deep water. And even though entire ships and airplanes have been going missing in the area for like over 100 years, the Bermuda Triangle didn't get its name until 1964. And I received that information from an episode of Stuff You Should Know 
And I trust them, but they did not cite where they got that information. <laughs> I didn't find it anywhere else on the internet. So we're just going to trust Josh and Chuck that that's when it received its name. But there has been like this idea for a long time that this area in the ocean is particularly uh, susceptible to disappearances. What is like your least favorite part of the ocean? There's so much good. There's so much great about the ocean. What's your least favorite? Because there's so much horror. There is. Have I? I think we talked about this once where like I have this problem sometimes where I'm on boats where I imagine like how much space is between like me and the bottom <laughs> of the water. That and is. then I think about, well, what if the ocean evaporated and then we were just plummeting? Yes. You mentioned that when you were talking about your recent trip. Yeah. It's just like it's it's like a silly. It makes no sense. Like it would never happen. And yet every time I'm on a boat, I'm like be pretty crazy <laughs> that is actually what gives me a lot of comfort like on airplanes I'd rather be flying over water to be like well there you know there's enough of a soft landing there yeah, there's a cushion yeah but it gets so deep and there's still like all these creatures that live yeah. in the bottom bottom that we yeah. don't know about these like monster things it's mm-hmm. scary in the grand scheme of like humans studying sea creatures, it is not that long ago that we discovered the colossal squid and people had just been talking about it and we didn't believe them, right? Like there's this whole discussion of like how on the Titanic, right? It gets cut in half, Mm -hmm. gets on the iceberg, gets fucking beat the shit out of by the iceberg and it breaks in half and uh, the bow goes up one way and the stern goes up the other way. And ships had never done that before. And the reason it did it was because of a bunch of engineering shit. But when the survivors of the Titanic told people this is what happened, no one believed them. They said, you're being hysterical. You want to know why? Because most of the survivors were women and children. Well, hysterical. I'm traumatized. Well, what? Yes, I am hysterical. This is my husband's death. I am hysterical. That was the scariest thing any of my ancestors have ever had to live through, I hope. Yeah. So then it's like, I think all the time about like, when we don't believe people that they've had like experiences like in the wilds or in the ocean, and then like, fucking 100 years later, we discover the colossal squid is real or that like the silverback gorilla is real. Like, I know. We're the idiots. Like, why wouldn't it be real? Like, why are we so fast to like shoot things down? Bigfoot? Obviously, he's real. Is he still alive? We don't know. But I mean, he's hopping dimensions and shit. Mm-hmm. Why would these things not be real? I want to circle back. And do you have the area in the ocean that you're the most afraid of besides the Bermuda Triangle? I think just that deep, deep, dark part. And it's just mm-hmm. like thinking about so many things live there. Yeah. And that you could just like, I don't know, fucking knock your little foot on something if it were just swimming by you. That's yep. crazy. Yep. How many poisonous things are in the ocean? So many poisonous jellyfish jellyfish can just sting you i just i don't like jellyfish yeah yeah i really respect the ocean but it really scares me sharks being like number one number one like known human predator which they're not really a human predator but like accidents happen and sharks are like Mm -hmm. fish it's like it's like not being afraid of lions and then you go on a safari and you're like whoops i'm dead like what do you were you expecting yeah like, you should have respectful fear of, like, most creatures, I think. I agree. But anyways, let's talk about this triangle. Because I think just, like, the random disappearance in a specific area like this, I, that's spooky. I don't mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those bitches who wants to go to, like, every country and do that thing. But I'm like, Bermuda, is it worth the risk? Yeah, yeah. Only if you come from the north. Yeah, exactly. Anywhere else, you're fucked. All right, Alicia. Okay. So when talking about the Bermuda Triangle, many people will reference the following disappearances. The most dramatic of them being Flight 19. Have you heard of this? I mean, yes, because we've recorded this like two times, but no <laughs> was my original answer, okay? <laughs> She's like, I fucking hate these disappeared men. It's like trauma every time we bring it up. And I'm like, this is so scary. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is pretty. It is a little dramatic. So um, so baby witches 
Flight 19 was a group of five Navy pilots that took off from the U.S. Naval Air Station in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, shortly after 2 p.m. on December 5th, 1945. So this is six months after the end of World War II. The beginning of the baby boomers is literally three months away. So this is six months after the end of World War II, right? 1945. And the beginning of the baby boomers is literally three months away. Okay, so greatest generation, silent generation. We haven't even, we haven't even tackled segregation yet. <laughs> These five Navy pilots and their crewmen are off to run training exercises. Okay, so this isn't even a combat situation. They are overseen by Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor, who is, in fact, an experienced pilot. Okay, he has thousands of flight hours. While these babies on his team only have about 60. So these are like young, early, like... Excited. You know, yeah, they were like 10 when Hitler was a thing. And now they're like, now that the war's over, I'm going to enlist. And then they flex. They're like, I'm going to be just like my father. Yes. So the whole plan, it's so simple. The whole plan is to fly to the Bahamas. Before they reach the islands, they drop a bunch of bombs in the water. And then they head home, okay? And also, baby witches, you should know, it is clear as day, okay? They're not a cloud in the sky. Almost two hours later, the radio tower receives a transmission. Lieutenant Taylor is heard saying, cannot see land. We seem to be off course. No. Find the land. Then there's just silence. And because it's such a crystal clear day, the tower personnel are like, maybe we can see them off the coast because like on a super clear day, the closest island to the Bahamas, sometimes you can see it from Florida. That's how close it is. But when they look out their windows, they see nothing. Oh my gosh. And there's no response to the messages. A few minutes go by and another message comes in from Taylor. They don't know where he fucking is. Mm -hmm. He says, we cannot be sure where we are. Repeat, cannot see land. So they are just an open ocean. This is awful. Then another 10 minutes goes by. And when contact is resumed... It is a different voice on the line. It says, we cannot find west. Everything is wrong. We cannot be sure of any direction. Everything looks strange. Even the ocean. Strange? Ah! More time goes by. And at 6.20 p.m. Remember, these guys have been gone. Hours. This should have been an in and out situation, right? The final message is received at 6.20 p.m. from Flight 19. And it is a panicked, shaking voice of these boys that are on these planes. And it says, we cannot tell where we are. Everything is, can't make out anything. We think we may be about 225 miles northeast of base. It looks like we are entering white water. We're completely lost. I'm stunned to silence. Now you might be thinking, baby boys, sunrise is in the east and sets in the west. If you're like too far north, why not just fly towards the sun, like towards land? Okay, but remember, it is 6.20 p.m. in December. The sun set hours ago. The story continues <sighs> because the Navy isn't about to just, like, let these pilots disappear without a trace. Like, like we just brought our boys home. We're not going to lose more to the mistress of the ocean. Right before Christmas? Right before Christmas. What about their poor mothers? They know that the planes have maybe an hour or so of fuel, and they send out a rescue aircraft boat out to find them. This boat checks in at 10 minutes after leaving port and within 20 minutes falls off the face of the goddamn planet alicia this boat is gone this boat is gone this other boat the rescue boat it disappeared oh my god the search for the missing crew lasts for about five days and spans almost 300,000 miles of open atlantic and they found nothing <gasps> and here's the deal it's like when an aircraft like explodes or like falls into the ocean it usually leaches oil which skims along the top of the ocean they found absolutely nothing. This is not good. Later on, other towers contact Fort Lauderdale saying they heard radio noise from what they think is their missing pilots. And these are the recordings. So Lieutenant Taylor says, both my compasses are out and I'm trying to find Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I am over land, but it's broken. I'm sure I'm in the Keys, but I don't know how far down and I don't know how to get to Fort Lauderdale. On the recording, you can hear Lieutenant Taylor is told by the tower in Fort Lauderdale to turn on his IFF transmitter so he can be triangulated and he ignores them. Why would he do that though? 
chaos. I have no idea. This man is literally like something is wrong with him. Yeah. Later on, one of Lieutenant Taylor's pilots is heard yelling over the intercom. Damn it. If we could just fly west, we could get home. Head west, damn it. And then Taylor orders the flight to fly east. Why would you do that? Madness. The final recording of the crew is of Taylor, Lieutenant Taylor, saying to his crewmates, all planes close up tight. We'll have to ditch unless landfall. When the first plane drops below 10 gallons, we all go down together. Dumb. Yeah. Suicide mission? I have no idea. Okay, so I feel like the last time we recorded this, we just moved on to the next one because this is so shocking and scaring. Scaring. Scary. But... What is this white water situation? Well, I think about that all the time because how can you see that you're entering white water when it's pitch black? Well, you must have little lights on. They must have little lights on the plane to see in front of them for nighttime. But like white water, unless like Mm -hmm. there's a moon situation, but you should like know. But you're so high up, right? Like entering, I think of like like white sand. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's so strange. They never find them. And they, they never, never find, find the boat. Wreckage. They never find the boat. They never find anything. It's just gone. I just hate this so much. Yeah. It's so scary. There's a lot of like like discussion about why didn't these young pilots like go against their lieutenant, right? Like this person is clearly out of their goddamn mind. Like they are ignoring direct orders and they're moving them in an area that's dangerous. And a lot of them talk about how, one, these boys are young, Mm -hmm. and so they're being led by an older man. But two, like, the order of command of, like, you do not question, like, your your superior officer or whatever. Like, you do not question a senior officer. Yeah. You just follow directions. I feel like that's still very army today. Yeah, 100%. Oh, these poor boys. They never went home to their mothers for Christmas. They never went home. The war was over and they never came home. And before we move on, they were dropping bombs in the middle of the ocean. So they just have like an active bomb on board, which I'm sure you have to like set it, you know, before it like goes off. But if your plane hits the ocean, would that make the bomb go off? I'm just very confused about this whole. Mm -hmm. Why are we dropping bombs into the ocean? Maybe to get rid of them. But like, I mean, I guess it was like the 40s, like. No one thought of nature as anything important or necessary. But here's another question that I just thought of after your thing is that, okay, so they have these bombs. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't let them go in the ocean, they're still on their planes. And their planes drop into the water. If it goes off, big boom, they find the planes. If they don't go off, there's just a shit ton of fucking bombs at the bottom of the ocean. That's scary too. Yeah. What? And they could be drifting with currents. There could just be random fucking bombs from the 1940s. Well, isn't that kind of what it was around Ojai? Remember, there was that beach we went to. Ojai, not Ojai. Oahu. There was this beach we we went went to. to, Yeah. Yeah. On West Side, where there's parts of the forest you can't go into because there's active landmines. And no one thought to just take those out? I mean, we could get into a whole thing about cluster bombs in Ukraine, but we cannot do that right now because (laughs) I will get upset. Okay, we just got to continue. It's just like, we do not think often about how when we're in a war, we are so ready to kill each other. But then we're left with kind of the the residues of war. Yeah. Yeah. Of of war. I mean, that's a great, the residue of war. But in both it's like psychological and it's active material ways and manifestations. Hate it. We got to move on to some more mystery. So these 14 crew members are not the only ones to disappear in the Mm. Bermuda Triangle. The HMS Atalanta disappeared in 1880 when she set off from Bermuda headed to Falmouth, England. The USS Cyclops, which holds the title for the single greatest loss of life event for the U.S. Navy not attributed to combat, 309 people went missing without a trace after the USS Cyclops departed Barbados in 1918. Where did they go? Without a trace, baby, without a trace. 309 people gone. Mm-hmm. No bodies. No, no shark blood, nothing, nothing nope. there. No bones. Nope, nothing. <laughs> and then in 1955, the Connemara for Pleasure yacht was found abandoned just south of Bermuda with no evidence of what became of the crew. Just a ghost yacht, a boneyard. Oh my gosh. I wonder like how many other, like back in the 
like 1700s like how many little pirate mm-hmm. ships or like little dinghies got mm-hmm. lost and never to be found in this area as well it's fascinating because like this area like yes it is like 500,000 square miles but like when you look at it on a map Bermuda to Fort Lauderdale to what did I Puerto say? Rico. San Paulo or whatever from Florida to Puerto Rico like there was a lot of trade going on between these areas. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way that there aren't more stories. Yeah. And I was always like, I don't know, I thought the rumor was Amelia Earhart's plane went down in the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know if that was her actual path or not, but I fucking believe it because this is so mm-hmm. scary. Mm-hmm. So we have a few explanations. And of course, we're going to start with the paranormal because it sounds pretty paranormal to me. It's unexplainable. It's unexplainable. Oh, and I just wanted to say, we have not even mentioned that the Bermuda Triangle is also called the Devil's Triangle. A Diablo Triangulus. That's awful. That's so scary. Why would you go there? So one of the first paranormal explanations is that the Bermuda Triangle is linked with Atlantis. It is believed that the lost city of Atlantis resides within the triangle, somewhere in there. Which makes sense because the Bermuda Triangle loses things and Atlantis is a lost thing. It easily tracks. I love this. I love it so much. Hey, I'm on board 100%. Yeah. It's like one plus one equals two. Clearly, you Clearly. It is believed that a submerged rock formation fondly called Bimini Road, since it's off the island of Bimini in the Bahamas, is part of Atlantis. And we believe that Bimini Road is a part of Atlantis because back in the late 1800s, early 1900s kind of era, American psychic Edgar Case predicted that a part of Atlantis would be discovered in the year 1968. And guess fucking what? That's the year the Bimini Road was discovered. And Edgar Case died in 1945. So he predicted that shit before his death. What the fuck? Paranormal. Paranormal. Hold on, I'm looking at a picture of Edward Case. This man barely has a chin. That's because he's a psychic. He doesn't need a chin. It's all up in his brain. All of the bone matter. All the best psychics don't have chins because they need the vibrations just to enter their skull easily. Oh my God, the smooth baby. Can I drop a picture of him? Yeah. Hold on. We should do an episode about him just because he looks so crazy. Uh, he does look like a baby. Uh. With his very stringy hair. He, yeah, he's like, looks 16, but he has the hairline of someone in Much older. Edgar, Edgar. Other conspiracy theorists, like myself, have pointed out that technology developed by Atlanteans, including crystal energies, is still active on the seafloor of the Bermuda Triangle. And those energies can cause mechanical malfunctions in the boats and planes above them, which makes them... Into the ocean. Because Atlantis must be full of Atlantic magic. And that magic mm. is in the triangle. And mm-hmm. it messes with everything else. Uh, right? Doesn't it yes. make sense? Yeah. Preach it. The fucking Atlantean 5G coming in. Giving us cancer. Taking everything stealing down. stealing our boys. Stealing our men. Another explanation could be the Bermuda Triangle must be a portal. It has to be a portal. Mm-hmm. It has to be. A pilot by the name of Bruce Gurnan says that it is. So, I mean, it has to be. Someone's already said it. And he said, I didn't believe in time travel or teleportation until it happened to me. Bruce alleges that a fog surrounded my craft and I leaped ahead a hundred miles. Don't believe it? Luckily, Bruce documented what happened and memorized every detail of that flight Publishing a book about his experience in 2017. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Wait, when did he when did he leap ahead 100 miles? Because I'm like, 2017? Well, he wrote multiple books. His first book came out in 2005. But that's recent. Yes. 2017 is recent. Also, Bruce doesn't seem like one of your run-of-the-mill conspiracy theorists. This man was a master captain with a Coast Guard license. He has a LinkedIn. He's just like us. He is a professional. He's written four books about the Bermuda Triangle. And, you know, they're all about the Bermuda Triangle. So is he just rewriting books every five years? Maybe. But he's been in 36 documentaries about the Bermuda Triangle. 
This man needs his story to be heard. Can you imagine being haunted by such an experience? He has to tell people. And we're going to get into something also that like ruins people's lives, right? Mm -hmm. But like out of all of the like podcasts and documentaries and books I've read of people like talking about this like experience, like it doesn't make anyone's life better. No. It ruins people's lives. It ruins your relationships with people. People think you're just a mm-hmm. nut job. Yep. It becomes like one track mind. Like it's the only thing you talk mm-hmm. about. It's like the only thing you, you think about. Obsessed. Yeah. Absolutely obsessed. I believe, yes, some people are like make makeup shit for like attention, but I think the vast majority of people like are just something is happening to them. I don't know what it is, but something is happening to them. So spooky. It's like how I didn't really believe in ghosts until our third episode when we caught the voice (laughs) of a ghost on our fucking episode. And it changed my life forever. I mean, I always believed in ghosts and that was just more proof. It was like, they're out there. They're fucking out there. I actually watched a rom-com yesterday and the male lead was like, I don't believe in ghosts. And I was like, I would never date this guy. You have to believe in ghosts for me to date you. There's no fucking way. Yeah, you have to, yeah. Like, like I can't date a, a fucking idiot. Like, you need to be open to the fucking spooky ookie of the world. There's levels. You know, you you can't date anyone too right-wing. You can't date anyone who doesn't believe in medicine. You can't date anyone who doesn't believe in ghosts, right? Absolutely. And there are men out there for you. They are. You can find them. Okay, the last paranormal explanation is motherfucking ufos of course aliens would use the bermuda triangle to their benefit who wouldn't so it is believed that aliens use the bermuda triangle as a portal to our planet there they gather the people and technology they need to conduct their research on our species and this theory explains why many of the ships and planes that go down in the bermuda triangle are never recovered because they've been captured by aliens they've been stolen they're in fucking space somewhere Space and time. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't like the idea that they're just, you know, they're hard-boiling eggs and they're just catching, they're mm-hmm. catching the gnocchis or the hard-boiled eggs that float to the top. Like, I don't like that at all. I, and it's like, you're just an, an old, disgruntled sea captain. And now you have to deal with an alien? Can you? They're not ready for that. They're drunk. No. No. The. They're going to say something racist. You're probably not getting like the cream of the crop of like a human being on the sea. Mm-hmm. You're getting some mm-hmm. kind of disheveled version of them where they're like, the ocean is my wife and I love her. She is a fickle mistress. <laughs> and I am obsessed and I have a hook for a hand. It's like, <laughs> and aliens are like, oh, how fascinating. They like poke at him. Yeah, what? yeah. The human race is so strange and yet so poetic. <laughs> tragic species. They're tragic he species. Thinks the water is alive. <laughs> They're married to the ocean? Okay, notes, notes, notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the uh, human political and government system of marriage within the law is very loose. <laughs> what is maritime law? All right, now there's some natural phenomenons that could be explanations for the Bermuda Triangle and, like, why people go missing there. And let me tell you, the science does not make me feel much better about this area. Science and supernatural combined is a very bad combo and I think makes it worse. I'm not excited at all. No. So there's this thing called compass variations, and the Bermuda Triangle is one of the few places in the world where a compass will point to true north instead of magnetic north. So while true north is the fixed point where the lines of longitude converge on a map, magnetic north is constantly shifting. It's the point on Earth's surface where its magnetic field points directly downward. And the difference between the two is called declination. And all trained ship and airplane pilots know to account for this when charting their course. So this is just something that, like, the Earth magnetically does. She does things. She she spins. She's spinning. She's science. She's a fact. And so you're going out there and your compass just isn't working correctly. And you need to have already known that knowledge. But if you don't know that knowledge, which who knows if we knew that knowledge for Flight 19. Maybe we didn't. I don't know the mm-hmm. science of 
magnets. Or yeah, or like in the 1800s, like how, I mean, they were still trying to turn lead into gold. I mean, me too. I'm still trying. Anything into gold. (laughs) Just trying to pay this rent, baby. And then another natural phenomenon, not as much fun, is there could have just been violent weather. And this one is a little self-explanatory. Of course, hurricanes, thunderstorms, bad waves taking down your ship. Doesn't really make sense for Flight 19 because they were like crystal clear, baby, blue skies all day long. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that. But I also feel like you would find wreckage. Mm -hmm. You would find something like a hurricane doesn't like disappear a whole boat and may take a boat and then fucking Hulk punch it. Hulk Hogan punch it to somewhere else. Yeah, to somewhere else, but that somewhere else is going to be like, wow, it's super crazy. This big ship showed up with 309 people on it. Like, <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. What? Or clothes or anything, you know, tchotchkes. Yes. Yes. Little diaries of gay love. Someone's like, wedding ring. Something would have showed up somewhere. Dub- doubloons. And there's another thing called the Gulf Stream. So this is otherwise known as the Florida Current. And I never heard of this before. So this is a pretty wild phenomenon. The Gulf Stream is basically a river within the ocean that begins in the Gulf of Mexico and then flows through the Straits of Florida into the North Atlantic Ocean. And since it is a river within an ocean, it can carry and does carry floating objects. A small plane making a water landing or a boat having engine trouble can just be carried away from its reported position by the current. No, it can't. So it's just like it's ocean. And then within the ocean, there's like a river. So like a stretch of it with its own current in the ocean that if it just picks up, it just takes its own objective, its own like state of mind, state of being. So the ocean is also land with tributaries. Yeah, so if you're imagining the ocean as land and this river in the ocean, but it's this river within water, so it's even more spooky. I forgot about this. This is a genuine reaction. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like, um, what's it called? Like the undercurrents that you're like, it can just like sweep you, the undertow. It's not even that. It's literally like its own thing i don't even have like the words to describe this it's absolutely wild and this is like a real thing i feel like I could so cry. scary because it makes me feel bad like okay my plane goes down on the ocean i'm feeling so safe because it's the ocean and now it's like whoop, where yeah, am i like, going where is it taking me where does it end you're on a conveyor belt to hell i know and maybe you just really get spit out there so maybe it was past the 300 miles that they looked for flight 19. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, where are these like rivers taking you? They could take you woohoo, like right back home or they could take you out into the middle of fuck. They could take you to Antarctica. Yeah. They could take you anywhere. I guess it kind of makes me think of in Finding Nemo when all the turtles like go in that crazy. What was that guy called yeah. in Australia? Yeah. It was Squirt and uh, <laughs> this other very old turtle. And yeah, they just kind of went on this floating journey within the water, like this ride. But it's like a ride mm-hmm. that it can take ships at. Bro, nature's crazy. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I believe some pretty crazy stuff. Like maybe I should like reel in like how wild and weird I am. Like maybe, you know, the, the candles do whatever. And like maybe it's like witchcraft is just spicy psychology and then there's like <laughs> secret rivers in the ocean that will take you like science continues to unravel the mysteries of the universe in in a way that is a fucking metal yeah and i can't believe that we like as a species continue to survive everything is like the odds are stacked against us yes we are truly god's miracle we are god's <laughs> special boy <laughs> We are we are God's favorites. There's no other way we would survive. No. Like nothing wants us to live. It's us and ambitions, like God's chosen people. <laughs> it's just true willpower at its finest. And then the last natural phenomenon is this thing called methane hydrates. Oh, IBS. An explanation for some of the disappearances has focused on the presence of large fields of methane hydrates, which is a type of natural gas on the continental shelves. As Tara already mentioned, 
the Bermuda Triangle is on a continental shelf. Experiments have been carried out in Australia that have proven that bubbles can sink a scale model ship by decreasing the density of the water. And any wreckage would just be deposited on the ocean floor or rapidly dispersed by the Gulf Stream. So it's been hypothesized that periodic methane eruptions, sometimes called mud volcanoes, like, you know, a volcano erupts when it wants to erupt. So this is like a volcano of methane gas. It may produce regions of frothy water that are just no longer capable of providing adequate buoyancy for ships. So if this just randomly erupts and your ship is on top, you're just going to sink to the bottom without warning, very rapidly without warning. It's kind of worse than being carried by the Gulf Stream because at least you're like, where the fuck are we going? This it's like you go down and that's it. This is exactly what my fucking nightmare is, which is that you're on the booze cruise and all of a sudden. Okay, but the water is still there. You do love it. But the water is still there instead of evaporating. Okay, correct. Correct. Fair, fair, fair. The water is not evaporating, but you are just like fucking sucked to the bottom into the the asshole of the ocean the abyss to davy jones locker dude to davy jones locker i right to the locker and it fucking stinks because he doesn't (laughs) wash his shit gassy bubbles taking you down so the last thing you smell is just like someone farted terribly he fucking had garama sala he had fucking some nasty ass fucking food not that Grandma saw is nasty. It's actually quite good. It's delicious. But yeah, he had some like intense, I'm trying to think of something stinky, eggs, hundreds of hard boiled eggs. <laughs> Just like <sighs> om nom nom one after another and you're down. Mm-hmm. It's Easter down here. Yum, yum, yum. Okay. So of all of these explanations, which, well, one, which is the worst? These are all bad. They're all bad. The methane hydrates is very scary because it can happen at no point and you cannot predict it. That's it science. Just- yeah. Yeah, it's that is horrifying. I think that like there's something about UFOs and portals that is like I'm special. Yeah. I got chosen. I got chosen. But I don't know if that's a good thing. I love the myth of Atlantis because it's the idea that like human society can like extend so far and then go through like a kind of apocalypse and then extend so far once more. It makes me feel like, you know, we will continue to exist and I will continue to be remembered. Yeah, Gulf Stream and methane hydrates are actually my hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, the natural phenomenons are almost worse than the paranormal phenomenons. Yeah, yeah. I would so much rather believe that an alien thought I was kind of cute yeah. and decided to pick me up. Well, okay, so the good thing about all of this is, you know, at least there's only one Bermuda Triangle. Baby, I have a really, I have something to tell you. No, please don't. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> no, I have to tell you, it's... I'm feeling emotional. It would be dishonest. I'm already scared. I'm terrified. My I'm so eyes sorry. are watering. Do you see? I'm, gonna, I'm getting my Oscar right now. <laughs> it's damp. Baby witches, one of the big questions was, if there's this triangle, are there other triangles? Should we be on the lookout? The answer is no. The answer is yes. No. So all around the world... There are these things called vile vertices. Have you heard of them? Is this a Lemony Snicket novel? Then no, it is um, (laughs) the poem. It is the tragic Greek play of your life. No. Which, okay, so the vile vertices, which are so aptly named. I just wish that like, you know, we could all have such great alliteration in our lives. This is the math of the Earth's magnetic fields. Okay. The math? The math. Oh, man, you're losing me fast no 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 come back to me come back to me because it's geometry it's so much easier than algebra it, it exists in the world it exists so the earth has magnetic fields yes on which compasses rely mm-hmm. correct correct or not rely as we now know oh yeah sometimes they're fooled by in like some kind of like scooby-doo gack yeah like oops okay and sometimes those compasses can go wackadoodle because there are areas in the field that are also wackadoodle So the idea behind the file vertices is that there are 12 of them. And when you connect them with straight lines, you know, big math, they create this thing called cosahedron. Oh, that should be the name of your firstborn. Icosahedron. I love it. So this is the nerd term for this shape, which if you scroll down, you'll see it. And it is literally the same shape as a D20, a 20-sided dice. Okay. So 
whenever you're rolling for initiative or whatever, because you're a big nerd, your little tiny nerd uh, hands. figurines and stuff. <laughs> With your little, your little <laughs> tiny baby nerd hands with no joints. Yes. You just have to like kind of grab at things like chopsticks. You're rolling an icosahedron. So the theory is that all of these points on Earth have weird magnetic stuff going on. And some of them it's true, right? Like there's like scientific research on some of these areas that they've named. So I'm going to name some. So there's Mohenjo-Daro, which is the ancient ruins of a city in the Indus River Valley civilization. There's Rapa Nui, also known as Easter Island, which did experience magnetic field anomalies in 2010 during the Chilean tsunami. So some of these things are related. Is the Easter Island close to Chile? Where is that? No, 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 no. It's not close to Chile. It's that there was a tsunami headed towards Rapa Nui, Easter Island. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But the one I really like so desperately want to talk to you about. Yes. Is The Dragon's Triangle. Oh, no. That doesn't sound good either. No. So the Dragon's Triangle is a bit of a stretch for a triangle. Okay? So it goes from Tokyo almost to goddamn Philippines and then back up past the Ogasawara Islands. Okay? But the great thing, the really beautiful thing about the Devil's Triangle is that in Japan, it's also called Mano-Umi. Okay? So Ma being devil and Umi being ocean in reference to how dangerous the sea is. So the devil's ocean the devil's triangle no not again japan japan is an island nation so mano umi is pretty much liberally subscribed to all of the ocean around japan could be nama umi oh no and even further beyond that all the sea is mano umi so all of the ocean on the whole planet could be loosely subscribed to the Devil's Ocean. That's awful. But we're going to focus on this little string of islands south of Tokyo called the Izu Islands. Okay? It's like they're so little. Dee, 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 and they kind of like string along in like a little uh, rosary of islands. So where people have claimed there's something paranormal afoot. So just a few months before the missing Flight 19, remember in 1945, a man named Shiro Kawamoto was flying through the Izo Islands, returning home to Japan in August. So this is August 1945, right after his country lost the war along with Germany. The last transmission from Shiro Kawamoto comes to Tokyo, and it says, something is happening in the sky. (gasps) The sky is opening up. What does that mean? He's gone. But what is is opening up? I have no fucking clue. White water opening up. I don't know what's happening to these boys. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. The sky is opening up. It sounds like an awful acid trip. I Yeah, it's the fractals are opening into a gaping mouth. I cannot handle it. Mm -mm. And then missing research vessels, thwarting Mongolian Kublai Khan with raging typhoons and more legends can be found online. Most of them... Baby witches don't have a lot of uh, sources besides Wikipedia, but, you know, it's a little fun. You know, come on. It's Devil's Triangle. It's really crazy because it's like Japan has to rely on sea for so long, for so much of their history. Mm -hmm. I would so believe that. I mean, I'm sure there's just a myriad of different Japanese monsters and legends that are only about the sea. And if you wanted to hear more about those Japanese monsters and legends, check out our great episode on yokai. Ooh. Yeah, I can't imagine. People just used to go missing. Yeah. Did you think about that? All the time. And it was just normal. It's like people used, like children used to just die at 10. And we were like, it's normal. No wonder, like, moms are so concerned all the time. Stranger danger, baby. And aliens. Mm-hmm. And Bermuda triangles. And dragon triangles. <sighs> See, the world's out to get us. Nothing wants us to live. But the world does want us to live. Hey. Because I one last topic to close out our episode which is a patreon question about bermuda shorts what is the deal living oh my gosh stop okay so the actual patreon question quote is are bermuda shorts called bermuda shorts because every time i see someone wearing them i want them to disappear and never come back and the question is yes you mean the answer is yes no, the, the question, the answer is 
it's complex. So in 1914, during a heat wave, much like the one we are experiencing now, a Bermuda tea shop owner hemmed the shorts of his employees to help them regulate their body temperature because it was so fucking hot. Okay, this makes sense. Hey, so there's all these cute tea shop boys. They've got these little shorts on. World War I officers stationed there were like, hot damn. <laughs> hot you much, you man. The boys are so, <laughs> those are hot Ooh. shorts. And they started wearing them too and attached them to their uniforms for tropical and desert climates. Because you need a little sex appeal. To join the army. Yeah, your walk is through oh, the wow. desert. Wow, 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 wow. In 19, 1914, walking through the desert. You got hot pants on. I just want to say gun. legs, baby, legs. So after the war, men started wearing them as sports attire because they were kind of attributed to this idea of like, this is athletic wear. Okay, we're in the desert. We're walking. And it's manly. We're like out. they're part of uniforms. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's kind of sexy, like, you know, who doesn't love a man in hot pants? Okay. <laughs> so they experienced a resurgence in the 1930s and 40s because of rations on cloth during the war, World War II. And then the booty shorts in particular that we see now happened upon because of the cyclical nature of fashion. People in the 1970s were obsessed with fashion of people in the 40s and 50s. What a wild ride. Yeah, it's literally like some guy in Bermuda was like, my men are getting yeast infections. <laughs> Gotta put them in hot pants. We gotta air them out, baby. And so that's the history of the Bermuda shorts. It's, you know, a long, detailed history attributed to uh, military conflict. I'm so glad we ended on a happy note. It does not take away any of the fear that's in my heart. <laughs> yeah. But fair, I'm glad fair, we fair, could fair. insert a little fashion moment. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And thank you for bringing us to... Which is in the news. Oh my gosh, what's it? Give me the good news, What's baby. the tea? Our first story, Carrie Fisher is a good witch in the trailer for her final film, Wonder Woman. All right, Carrie Fisher, you know, Princess Leia from Star Wars has a final movie that premiered in June. The film is titled Wonderwell and shows the late actress playing a good witch alongside Rita Ora. Spoiler alert from the trailer. I think Rita Ora is the bad witch. <laughs> the movie is about a girl named Violet and her sister Savannah who travel to a medieval village for a fashion shoot for Savannah. This feels very Disney-esque, made-for-children type of movie. According to the official synopsis, neglected and bored, Violet wanders from the ancient Tuscan town into a nearby forest where she meets the enigmatic Hazel, played by Carrie Fisher, who may be the fabled witch of the woods. So very kid fantasy, think bridge to Terabithia shit, but probably not as good, even though that movie was not that good either. It was okay. It was, yeah. yeah, it was fine. I rewatched it recently and I was like, ooh. Yikes. I like the book. The book was good. The book was tragic. The book didn't have a lot of fantasy in it. No. It was just like hanging out, playing around. Yeah, they're just like hanging out and like going over that little creek. Yeah. Rip. In 2016, Carrie Fisher had completed filming on the movie before she died of a heart attack on December 27th of that year. The release was put on hold following her death, which, you know, is very respectful. And then the COVID-19 pandemic, which that wasn't as respectful. That was just chaos. And the film comes out seven years after Carrie Fisher's death, which isn't that like a little insane? Like at That's that point, should crazy. you just like ditch the movie? Like it doesn't look like it's going to be that good. I have a question for you in particular. Yes. Do you think this release is also related to the writer's strike? Mm. There ain't nothing new coming out soon. It might be, but it might be like coincidental because it sounds like okay. they just needed to get it done and they're relying on Carrie Fisher probably being the main pole into people watching mm -hmm. this because mm -hmm. it is a very kid movie. But yeah. you can now watch Wonderwell on streaming for a fee of $6.99, which no shade, but unless you have kids or you're a Carrie Fisher nut, which some people are, I wouldn't pay $6.99, but I'm cheap. So who knows? It'll be free at some point, you know? I'm like, mm. yeah, this doesn't sound worth it to me. It's going to be on Disney Plus eventually. Like, I'll just watch it then. Exactly. Our next story is... Council orders removal of gaudy witch mural. Ooh, drama. The gossip. I love the gossip. 
A Scottish council has ordered the removal of a giant mural by a renowned street artist. The painting is of a witch created by the artist Rogue One. You know, speaking of Star Wars, weird name. And Rogue One has painted many of Glasgow's giant street scenes. However, the mural that appeared on the side of the Larrockmore Tavern in Pittenweem Fife last Halloween did not have planning permission. Dun, dun, dun. Counselors called the painting gaudy and inaccurate and said it must be removed. The painting is of a witch with a hooked nose and warts. It's very classic, like 1980s Halloween store witch. Planning officers said that the mural was not only inaccurate, but also gaudy in its use of color and stylization. Apparently, the color style of this area is fairly muted and neutral and natural. So this ugly-ass witch is a huge boner killer for their tourism. Pit and Weem has long been associated with witches and witchcraft. Popular witch tours ran in the village for several years. However, Fife Council felt the mural was based on historically inaccurate false narratives perpetuated by popular media. So they're like, gross. We don't want this. And Rogue One, who's the artist Bobby McNamara, told BBC Scotland he enjoyed painting the mural because it was different from his normal projects. He said the owner of the property wanted the witch mural as Pitt and Weem has a witch history, but a few locals did moan a bit about it being mean and ugly and they'd rather not have exposed their village witch history so much. I get that. It's understandable. But the owners wanted it and I enjoyed doing something edgy and scary. I always do beautiful and nice. It's refreshing to be different. It is what it is. What a quote. What a boring man. But anyway. What a, an excuse. Yeah, what an excuse. He's just like, but not even like really choosing a side and being like, this is art and art shouldn't be silenced. He's like, they wanted it. I don't know. I got paid yeah, to do it. Yeah. Like, I don't fucking she care. She said yes. Yeah. It's like, okay, dude, whatever. And Tara, we would love your artistic analysis on this mural. Okay. So please click the link. I mean, fucking fuck. It's so ugly. <laughs> It's so ugly. I like can't even. Okay, so this is the third time I've fucking seen this witch. I've thought a lot about her. You know, originally I was like, the proportions on it are weird, right? The foreshortening on the hand doesn't make sense spatially. Then I was thinking a lot about that nostril. Mm -hmm. The nostril doesn't make sense. The nostril's very large. It looks like you could put a bug in there. You could fit a fucking quarter inside that nostril. Yeah. And it doesn't spatially, it's just proportionally wrong. But I think the real thing is that it's a, a dark flesh-toned woman with a big chin and a big nose and she's got like graying purple hair and it's bad. It's a bad one, dude. I'm sorry, Rogue One. You made a bad painting and it sucks for this very quaint seaside town that looks like Van Gogh would come in here and make a little painting. Like, it's fucking ugly. Like, it's like when you get... A bad tattoo. Okay? <laughs> it looks like a bad tattoo. Yeah. The person who got it drunk wanted it, but people could still be like, this sucks. Yeah. This sucks. You do a bad job. It's bad. Anyways, the main atrocity with this witch is that they painted over that beautiful brick building. I know. It's really beautiful. And I mean, I guess I don't know what this business does. So. I guess I figured they were a bar. Yeah, tavern. tavern. Tavern, tavern. I mean, if you're like an edgy, like, goth, like, weird little tavern, I guess. I hate it. Yeah, it's not good. Take it down, Pit and Weem. Get rid of it. Try again. You heard it here first. I mean, or maybe like second. Or like, I'm sure you've heard a lot of it. <laughs> Get a permit. And our final story, Talk Sex with Sue creator has died. Sue Johansson, Aww. the Canadian sex educator who informed a generation about everything from the birds and the bees to birth control, has died. She was 93. And so did you know about Sue Johansson? I mean, now you do. We've talked about this like three times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know now, but I actually did not hear. I had no idea about her. She's phenomenal. In 1970, Sue opened a first-of-its-kind birth control clinic in Toronto High School and worked there as a coordinator for 18 years. And she later became a counselor and sex educator. In the 80s, Sue used her sex educator status to launch a successful radio show called Sunday Night Sex Show, which can you imagine like the 80s and you're like tuning through your fucking little radio and you land on that? Like, what a great name. Yeah. And also there's something kind of like scandalous about a Sunday night sex show. Yeah. Like I've already gone That's to church in the morning and like now we're going to get raunchy. 
The program transitioned into a TV talk show in 1985, airing on a community channel before going national on the Women's Television Network from 1996 to 2005. And then it made its little way to America for the American version of the show called Talk Sex with Sue Johansson, which aired on Oxygen from 2002 until 2008. So I saw this while I was in high school. It was very like late at night, like midnight, 1 a.m. on the Oxygen channel. And it's just this woman like at a desk, this really old woman. She was so cute looking. And she would just have like fucking dildos lined on her desk. And she'd answer phone calls. People would call in with their questions. So she'd answer anything from like, what's blue waffles to like how to do anal sex or like how to use a condom correct or like is it bad if I masturbate with a toy and she'd be like no and she'd pull out like whatever toy of the week it was you know and so cool wait what's blue waffles oh well you have to like google that yourself oh it's an internet hoax sexually transmitted disease infection oh was it a turned your vagina blue it was a hoax but it it was supposedly turned your vagina blue oh that's so funny. That was a hoax then while we were in high school. I mean, so is blue balls. Like, I mean, that's like not even real. I think blue balls is more of a concept, though, isn't it? Than like you're just yeah, not like, getting you know, to to gush it because your best friend keeps being a good person because this girl actually isn't that interested in you. You smell. Yeah, it's like a uh, a technique that men use to hurt people. <laughs> exactly. Sue also wrote three books, Talk Sex. Sex is perfectly natural, but not naturally perfect. And sex, sex, and more sex. This woman knows how to write a title. These are all great. In 2001, Sue was honored with Canada's second highest civilian honor, the Order of Canada, for educating the public on safe sex and birth control. And Sue passed away on Wednesday, June 28th, in Toronto of natural causes. And so I know Sue never identified with being a witch, so I'm sure you might be listening and being like, why? Are we even talking about her? But she perfectly aligns with the witchy values we share at Witch Yes, which is to not gatekeep information and to share knowledge with others. Sue shared everything and broke taboos about talking about sex, like sex toys. And you're just like a repressed kid in the Midwest. Not even repressed. Mm -hmm. You just don't even know. You're just like a dumbass. You know, you're just no one will talk to you. No one will talk to you. And if they talk to you, it's in like fucking murder, metaphors. Like the birds mm-hmm. and the bees. And you're like, I don't know what that means. And I don't think birds and bees can have sex. Don't birds eat bees? It's all wildly confusing. And Sue would just take every question so seriously and answer honestly, which is all anyone wanted back then. And now I'm sure yeah. kids still want that now in some places. I just got to say, if that's not a witch, then I don't know what it is. Like that is some witchy shit. Yeah, that's fully like. That is witch doctrine right there. It's so great. And this has been Witches in the News. Thank you. And oh my God, I'm going to keep going because I'm doing the spell today. She cannot be stopped. I cannot be stopped. Today we have a candle spell to get some cash and fast. This spell was created by Cassandra Yorgi. And it was so funny after we recorded this the first time. I saw someone did this on like an Instagram story. So this has been over TikTok and shit. But I promise I found it before I found that video. So if this sounds Mm -hmm. familiar to anyone, that might be why. And I have to say for legal reasons, we have not yet done this spell. So I don't know if it will actually get you money fast, but everyone just needs to try it and then just let us know what happens. Because I want you to get money fast. I want me to get money fast. I want all the baby witches to get money fast. I would love some money. I would love some money. And you baby witches get money. Give me the money. Oh. Give some of that money to me. Yeah, just, you know, share the wealth. Here's what you need for the spell. One green candle, a safety pin or a needle because you will be writing on the candle. So make sure the candle is big enough for you to write on. A lighter or some sort of way of lighting this candle. And a fire extinguisher. You got to stay safe, dude. Don't play with fire. Here's what you'll do. You really got to connect with this green candle. So you will need to use the pen to write your name on it. Yes, your full name. Put all those middle names on there. My government name. You also need to write what your need for money is. You can draw instead of write. So if you need rent, you could draw a little house on it. You can be as creative as you like. This is your candle. So no judgments here, no judgments from us. Once you've written and drawn all over it, hold the candle in your hand. You know, feel in that energy and say... Money comes, money flows, flow to me, 
so mote it be. Okay, that's pretty cute and easy, right? So repeat the chant three times. Really put all of yourself into it because you want this to work and I want this to work for you. And when you're done chanting, light the candle and let it burn continuously until it runs out or until you need to puff it out and go to bed because you should not keep candles on overnight. That is dangerous. That is just the basics of being a grown-up. Exactly. Like, what if your cat runs into it and now your apartment's on fire? It's a big deal. And that has been today's spell. Oh my gosh, that's so quick and easy and sweet and short. And And we all need money. It's summertime. We want to go on vacation. Like, Mm Got to get these swimsuits. Got to go to the beach. Got to show off my beach body. Got to get cocktails. Got to get a ride there, which means you need gas money. And you know what else we need to do? We need to thank some people. We would like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, and Kevin McLeod for the music that we use in the intro and outro each episode. It's really the glue that keeps this whole thing together. It's the only reason we continue to do this podcast. Another reason we continue to do this podcast is because people seem to like it. So I would really like to thank (laughs) everyone who has written Apple Podcast reviews, uh, subscribe to our channel on Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. So I would, baby witches... I will do anything if you would just. She's desperate. I'm in a podcast feud with someone else that has a podcast that thinks they're better than me. And we just keep being within 10 reviews, 10 reviews of this podcast. I'd name it here or else I would get sued. So it would be really helpful if you went over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, give us five stars, write something. It doesn't have to even be nice. You could say, I fucking hate these bitches, but I give them five stars because I'm a sucker. Like, Because I'm a team player. Yes. Women support women. So it really, it costs you nothing and it means everything to us. I love that. I love that it's your personal vendetta. And you know, we got to support our alliances. If you want to find me, Alicia, I'm on Instagram at Alicia period herder. If you want to find Tara, I'm on Instagram at her lovely face. And we, the podcast, are on Instagram at which yes. Share an episode in your stories. Send us a meme. We love it. We love all of it. We have some good times over there. We love attention. That's true. I need it. We also have a bopping and hopping Discord server. So if you have any witchy questions, even if there's just random ass witchy questions, join the Discord. It's totally free. It's a great community. And more than likely, they'll be able to answer your questions. And if you don't like the socials, you can always contact us via email at witchespodcast at gmail.com. But there is one more thing you can also do if you love this witchy, witchy content. What can we do, Tara? Baby witches, you can go to our Patreon. We are approaching our 100th episode. <gasps> it's kind of crazy. A hundred. We are so old. Oh. $5 Patreon witches and above get access to two extra episodes a month which makes this a weekly podcast if you go over five dollars you get extra shit it's amazing you you get access to our close friends list you get early access to like other stuff that's happening they know about new merch and also they know about our next episode and a lot of our questions today came from patreon questions you would have never learned about the sexiness of bermuda shorts were it not for a patron who said the people (laughs) need to know and we did we did need to know Again, that's on our Patreon. You can check that out in our show notes or there's links on our Instagram. And I guess that means this has been... Which, yes! Bye, guys. See you at the beach. Good night. So long. Farewell. Please do not die at the beach.